Hello everybody and welcome back to the Nutritionist podcast with me Anna. I am delighted to have you all back for episode five and today we're going to be talking all things fat loss. So when we talk about fat loss this is in relation to body fat which we know is different to dietary fat so the fat that we get from food and I just think this is really important to take home because I know people who have tried to cut fat from their diet um, because they think it has a direct correlation with how much body fat they have. And yes, it does in the sense that we know that body fat comes from having a surplus of calories, but the calories come from all the foods that we eat. So not just fat, but from carbohydrates, proteins as well. So I just think that is an important note to touch on initially. Looking at fat then, so why do we have body fat? So we use it for energy, we use it for hormone production and maintenance. There's also this evolutionary advantage to having more body fat because we know years ago our ancestors were more likely to survive when food was a bit more scarce if they had more body fat to um, support them. It also asks, acts as um, insulation for our organs and it's essential for our bodily functions to have a certain amount of fat. So when it comes to storing the fat, we've got three main sites. We've got our visceral um, fat, which is in our abdominal cavity. We've got our subcutaneous fat, which is under the skin, and then intramuscular, which is in the skeletal muscle fibres. And how I describe fat cells to people is like balloons. So as we are growing up, our body is determining how many fat cells we need. And when we reach adulthood, then we have a set number of fat cells. When we are in a calorie surplus, which we'll go into, these fat cells will hypertrophy. So basically they will enlarge and the opposite then happens when we're in a calorie deficit. So they, they, um, we get cell atrophy, so the cell volume gets smaller. The only way to decrease the amount of fat cells that you have is through liposuction. So that is the um, mechanism of removing fat cells from the body. However, when this happens and then we gain more body fat and we don't have a storage facility for that fat, this is where metabolic complications can happen, especially when it's not supported with lifestyle changes. So when we have that finite amount of fat cells when we reach adulthood and we gain more body fat, we um, have nowhere else to store that fat and those cells become inflamed. And this, again, is where we can have those metabolic complications. Everyone has their own personal fat threshold. So my um, personal fat threshold is going to be different to somebody else's. So the amount of fat that I can personally store is going to be unique. So as mentioned, our fat stores are completely changeable. So whether that is that we increase our fat stores or we deplete them, but it's going to be completely dependent on obviously our eating behaviours, our activity levels, our general lifestyle. And just touching on lifestyle, I think it's really important to note, and this is a reminder that, you know, our body shape and size doesn't define us. Um, but if we live a certain lifestyle and that supports our overall health, you can be, and the research shows this, that you can be better protected against metabolic conditions by being fit and deemed as being overweight or obese than being in a normal body and being unfit. So I just think that's really, really important to remember that just because somebody is in a smaller body size or a larger body size doesn't mean that they are healthy or unhealthy. 
So we touched briefly on a calorie surplus and a calorie deficit, which contributes to our overall energy balance. And basically what this energy balance is, is the amount of energy, so the amount of fat that we store, and that's dictated to by how much energy we've consumed and how much energy we expend, what people class as, you know, burnt off energy um, over our lifetime. So it's not just in, you know, a matter of days or weeks, anything like that. And how I like to look at energy balance as a bit of an analogy is, you know, the old style kitchen scales that you might have had in the house. Um, I know now we've come on leaps and bounds and we all are using electronic things, but we had the old scales with the gauge in the middle and we had the old pound weights um, on one side and then you put the food on the other. So when we look at being in, um, say, calorie maintenance, so this is taking in enough calories that we need to um you know keep our body just functional as normal and we're not going to gain fat we're not going to lose fat this is where the scales are set evenly when we are in a calorie deficit then we put less food in one side and the weights are unable to come up and uh, sorry the food is unable to bring the weights up to meet that level so we are in a deficit when we are in a calorie surplus then and we take in more food and more calories than we are expending then we have more food on one side of the scales and the weights are unable to bring that back down and meet it. So that's the three different kind of energy balances that we can have. But there's lots and lots of different things that contribute to how much energy we expend. We know that to get energy, we need to eat food and that's where we get our calories from. Um, but obviously it's not that simple. So our total daily energy expenditure, which is our TDEE, is contributed to by a lot of different factors. And of course, as I always say, it's going to be com completely individual. So yeah, we can have benchmarks and we use certain calculations to work this out, but we need this personalized approach because it's not going to be a one size fits all. So we've got your basal metabolic rate, which is the amount of calories that you need just to stay alive. So this is your BMR, and it accounts for about 60 to 70% of the total daily energy expenditure and you could lie in bed all day and not literally move and you would need this amount of energy just to survive. There's a lot of factors that come into this equation and come into working out your basal metabolic rate. So things like age and it's not to say that you will gain more body fat as you get older. What the research tends to show us is that predominantly as we get older we have um, a reduced amount of lean muscle mass and it's this that then can affect the amount of body fat that we have. Sex is a big factor because generally men tend to have more muscle and we know that having more muscle um, is another um, contribution to your basal metabolic rate so your body composition. Having more muscle tissue means that you are going to be more metabolically active so that is going to need more energy just to survive body size then so if you are in a smaller body so a smaller body frame and um you know you need less energy than a function then you're going to be less metabolically active the fitter that you are generally the more effective that your systems are so the less calories that you need for any given workload whether this is just surviving whether this is walking exercise whatever it is and we know that fat burns about four to five times less than muscle. So that is why we look at muscle as being more metabolically active. So 
Next, we've got your NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And that is all of your activity outside of exercise, basically. This accounts to um, about 10 to 20% of your total daily energy expenditure. And I think it's massively underrated um, how you know useful our NEAT can be because this can be done quite consistently as well. So you can have quite consistent um, active levels of NEAT. And this can be, you know, doing the hoovering, doing the shopping, walking the dog, walking up the stairs. Things like that will contribute to how much, um, you know, your NEAT is part of your energy expenditure. Then we have your EAT, which is your exercise activity thermogenesis. So all of that energy that you expend during exercise. And this tends to be overestimated because I think people feel like they put so much effort into exercise that they think that they've obviously burned a lot of energy whereas actually it only accounts for about 10 to 15 percent of your total daily energy expenditure and finally we have your TEF which is your thermic effect of food accounts for about eight or ten percent and this is how much energy your body uses to digest and process and break down the food that you eat so all of these things make up our energy expenditure and obviously the calories that we take in from food will give us this energy. And this is where we can create a surplus, a maintenance or a deficit. So when we understand what our energy needs are, then we can understand what our calorie needs need to be to create one of those three things. Again, this is going to be completely individual and it is based on, you know, things like your height, your weight, your activity levels. But we can get a ballpark figure from doing, um, you know, certain calculations. It's important to note, though, that this is always just a ballpark. Unless you live your life in a lab and are constantly being, um, you know, investigated and assessed, then you're not going to ever, ever be able to know completely how many calories you burn doing different activities and also how many calories you are taking in. It's important to note as well that food packaging is not 100% accurate. So no matter what it says on a, on a food label of the calorie content of that food, it is inaccurate. And how your body uses those calories is going to depend as well. So it's really, really individual. But it's good to know the calorie content of foods if you need it from an educational point of view or if you are wanting to track calories. But it's always good to have that awareness that it is not so black and white and it's not set in stone. Alongside calorie tracking, a lot of people will use the scales as a measurement of fat loss. And while again, they can be a useful tool, we know that the number on the scales isn't just fat. So when we talk about fat loss, which, you know, if that is your goal, you might use some of these um, measurements and tools to try and get you to that point. But it can get confused with losing body weight. And obviously, body weight isn't just fat. So they're two different things. Yes, your overall body mass and your overall body weight will be contributed to by the amount of fat that you have, as well as everything else. But it's not solely just fat. So weight loss or weight gain doesn't equal to just fat loss or fat gain. And I think it's always an important reminder for many of us um, because we can become fixated on the scales and, you know, it's it may well be detrimental to our fat loss journey. So while we know it's impossible to um, know exactly the amount of calories that we are taking in, calorie tracking and awareness of calories is one way that we know we can aim for fat loss. 
So if we have a consistent approach and we have a general awareness of our calorie needs and the content of foods and also how our body feels and a lot of other factors, then we can use it as a useful tool to achieve our fat loss. So we know scientifically to lose body fat, we need to be in a calorie deficit. So it is as simple as calories in versus calories out. However, the whole approach is not that simple. And when it comes to losing overall body weight, we know there's a lot of other factors and a lot of other fluctuations that come into play here. So what is the best diet? I bet you can never guess what I'm going to say here, but it's completely individual. So whatever approach supports your overall health, your lifestyle, and for you to live the best life while losing fat, then that is the right approach for you. So it's going to be whatever works for you. And that's not to say that going on a crash diet for two weeks because that's going to give you the quickest results is the best thing because you should be achieving fat loss while maintaining a healthy relationship with food, your body, and also ensuring that it's not having a negative impact on your life or your health. Fat loss can benefit so many other areas of your life, but equally it can um, cause a lot of problems in your life if it's not being done with a healthy approach. And we have to remember that fat loss is putting the body into a state of stress. So, you know, we are depleting the body of energy. Granted, this should be a small depletion. So a calorie deficit shouldn't be large at all because we know that's not sustainable. Um, but we should be able to do it in a way that it is short term so that we aren't putting that added stress on the body for a long, a long term period. I always see this as, you know, a bit of a holiday you can visit there, you can go there for a little, you know, short amount of time, but get in and get out. You don't live there. You have to come home at some point and then get back on to normality um, and, and live in a, a general healthy lifestyle where fat loss isn't your, your overall goal. I think it's just important to touch on here as well. A huge myth about um, having too little calories. So I know I've done it previously where I've been on these diets that um, allocate you 1200 calories a day which even for a small woman we know is um, a really really low amount of calorie intake but what we often find with this is that people who go on to these low calorie diets will under eat but then at times they will overeat so they tend not to have the dietary adherence and aren't in a calorie deficit for all they might feel like they are or think that they are so this is why they aren't losing weight. And then they go to, you know, another diet or another coach and they put on higher amounts of calories and they think that they have this, you know, broken metabolism or, you know, that they have to reset the metabolism and that's why they now can eat more calories. It's not that. It's because likely their dietary adherence wasn't very good on the lower number because it's really hard to stick to. So actually they go into a higher amount of calories, but they're still in a deficit and they can lose weight on that amount of calories. There is no such thing as what people think is starvation mode. So if that was the case, you know, if people were um, ending up on really, really low amounts of calories and they were going into this starvation mode and the body was storing fat, we wouldn't have children who were dying around the world from starvation because their bodies would then be storing fat and they'd be su surviving it. This is generally the confusion that people get when they look at going on to really low calories and then thinking that they are storing fat they aren't it's likely because they're not in a calorie deficit so I just wanted to clear up that myth because I still hear it out there a lot 
So while we know that achieving a calorie deficit is scientifically the only way that we are going to lose body fat, there is some focus that we need to put on beyond calories. There's a lot of research that's been done into um, optimal eating windows, whether you know eating breakfast is beneficial, lots of other things around flexible diet and strict diet and maintenance, decision fatigue and stuff like that. Um, a lot of it will come down to an individual preference and approach. So things like breakfast. For me, if I did not have breakfast, like you don't want to cross me by 10 o'clock in the morning because I'll be hungry. Um, I'm somebody that likes to eat and feels better from eating, you know, small and often throughout the day. With my clients, I do support them to start off with breakfast, even if it's a small breakfast, just to create regular eating patterns because we know that supports um, our overall health and healthy relationship with food. And equally, there's a lot of evidence to say getting, you know, regular protein and carbohydrates and things in throughout the day is beneficial as well. But years ago, there was this huge focus on breakfast being the most important meal of the day. And while I don't disagree with that, that came from a marketing campaign from Kellogg's cereal. So they put that out there so that people would buy into the cereal and then, you know, they could use breakfast in their marketing um, scheme. There is some evidence that shows, you know, potentially having a larger breakfast in the morning and then a smaller lunch and then a smaller evening meal might benefit some people. Um, but again, unless you are being scientifically tested yourself, it's really, really hard to know. So you've got to just listen to your body and use that as your food diary and be able to tell what's best for you. And this is a lot of the work that I do with clients around mindset. Um, because we know we have a lot of these psychological factors that can impact our ability to um, lose fat or even whether we want to achieve that goal in the first place. So if you are in that continuous cycle of trying to lose weight, it's important to have this changeable mindset, which serves us so much better than a fixed mindset. It will not only give you a healthier, a healthier approach to fat loss, but it's also going to get you curious about you know, whether or not that goal is right for you. And if it is, if it's the right time for you to be achieving that goal, there's so many other factors that can affect our ability to stick to a fat loss goal. And like I've mentioned, it's a form of stress on your body. So you maybe don't want to be doing that alongside another stressful event. Or even if you are on a fat loss journey and you're having, you know, a good week and then one day you don't have the ability to stick to a deficit for whatever reason then it's important to recognize that and take yourself out of the situation instead of beating yourself up and then feeling guilty and then spiraling down that track um which isn't going to save you one of the big mindset shifts that i remind a lot of my clients about is thinking of fat as something that we have not something that we are so telling yourself yeah i have fat i have body fat it's essential for my health i could not live without it but I am not fat. So you have fat, you are not fat. Okay, so we've touched on the fact that we know scientifically we need to create a calorie deficit to lose fat and also why it's not all about calories. Yes, calorie balance dictates fluctuations in body weight. So we have shifts in water weight and lots of other things going on, lots of other factors that um, play a part in our overall body weight. But weight and body composition are not the same thing. And it's also very, very possible to be at a healthy weight, but yet be metabolically unhealthy. And this is generally down to, you know, food choices, 
can be alcohol, smoking, medications, drugs, um, low activity levels. There's lots of different factors that come into play. And then equally, I think it's perfectly okay to have aesthetic goals as long as it's coming from the right place and it's not coming from, you know, you're beating your body up or from a poor body image place. But when we look at it, things from an aesthetic standpoint, it's quite clear that you can be in a healthy weight or quote unquote a normal body size, but still not be happy with your appearance. And that usually comes down to these other psychological factors. So improving your relationship with food is really, really key here. Also looking at your food quality. So considering your um, macro, micronutrient intake and then things that aren't related to nutrition. So like things like managing your stress, your sleep, hydration, exercise. And I actually did a podcast last week on non-diet related nutrition. So go back and have a listen to that if you haven't already. Um, but all of these things can have a phenomenal impact on your health, independent of whether you have a fat loss goal or not. Um, it's really, really important to be managing these things alongside a healthy lifestyle anyway. So just to recap, I want to go over just a few key points. And whether this is in relation to a fat loss journey or not, um, I think it's really, really important to remember Everything starts with self-compassion and appreciating ourselves and having the belief in ourselves. And we are more likely then to be able to commit to whatever we need to do to make that change. Focusing on your overall health um, and fitness is going to be a better approach. And then any weight that you have to lose will come as a byproduct of that. Remembering that weight loss is not linear. So yeah, the concept of losing body fat can be quite simple and straightforward. It's creating a calorie deficit. However, weight loss is not solely fat loss. So having that overall approach to all of those different factors that we know are going to affect our body composition and our weight is really, really important to consider, especially when we have, um, you know, a previous your diet and history or impaired relationship with food or our body. Every single diet out there that causes weight loss does so by creating a calorie deficit. So even if they claim to you that it's not related to this, but they're achieving weight loss for clients, then it is done through a calorie deficit. They might market it in a different way, but there is no need for you to go and spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds on some of these fads um, if you're not getting the right support. Dieting will not always align with your core values. So your core values can change over time. And if you don't know what these are, reach out to me because I've got an activity that will support you work them out. But this is a really important question to ask yourself. So why is your goal important to you? Why do you want to achieve it? And then if it's because, you know, you want to fit in a certain item of clothing or whatever it is, well, why is that important? Because sometimes when you unpick these things, or equally, when you put your focus on something else and you start to feel better for that, then you realise that actually it's not fat loss that you want to achieve. It's something else. Or the fat loss wasn't that important anyway, or it's not worth putting yourself in a calorie deficit for. So it's really, really important to always hone back into your core values. And finally, I'm not just saying this because I'm a coach, but I'd always recommend getting support with it, especially if you're someone that's gone through diet after diet or you've had quite you know, big fluctuations with your weight and you can't get to that maintenance level, 
getting support is going to make it a lot more likely for you to achieve your goals and then move forward. Because like I mentioned, I think a lot of us can achieve the fat loss, but then we might make, we might regain it and we can't find that um, happy balance at maintenance. So if you have any questions, anything that you would like to mention, like to ask, um, any feedback, please feel free to get in touch. If you would very kindly rate the podcast, um, leave a review, follow it for future episodes coming out and share for anybody that you think might benefit from it or be interested, then that would be greatly appreciated. And I will see you all on the next episode.